0: So this past uh, Sunday, we, we talked about um, the mission of, of the church. This was a vision-casting Sunday of, of what we are, and you, you, you'll hear this uh, talked about a lot. And uh, we're in this series called Family Values and talking about what it really means to be a, a family of God and what would a, the family of God, what would the values be. Now, it talks about our mission and, and, and vision here at Dan River Westland. We love God, we love others, by living Jesus-shaped lives. Everybody say, Jesus-shaped lives. Jesus-shaped lives. That's right. We go up, in, and out like Jesus did. He, he worshipped. He fellowshiped with His Father. He uh, went in community as He made disciples. And He poured into them, and they made disciples who made disciples, And then he went out on mission. And he touched people that the world, by worldly standards, he shouldn't even have touched. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. He healed the lepers. He did all kinds of things because the Father had told him to do it. And he was fulfilling his mission. We as a body of believers, we as the church, we as Christians are to be like him. We are to Be like Him and do what He is doing. And long before I came to this church, God was doing something. Long before I was born, God was doing something. Long before anybody in this place was even thought of, God was doing something. Long before even Eden had its name, God was doing something. Our role is, is to partner with what God is already doing. And so that's what we have been doing. We have partnered with what God has already been doing in and through the community. And so today we're going to look at a story that shows how God, through Jesus, doesn't care who the world says that you are. Anybody ever been given a title that you don't really like? I know I have. Um, You know, bullies at school. To even, you know, just this internal title that I kind of battle with, you know, throughout my life. It isn't you. It isn't, doesn't have to be you. What the world says you are doesn't define you. God does. And so today we're going to look at how, through Jesus, God shows his love to someone that you wouldn't have imagined him to even be associated with. And so we'll be in uh, John 4. This is the story of the woman at the well. Um, and so just to give some, some context, Jesus is um, on his way to Galilee. And the uh, disciples have gone on before him. And he's, he's on his way there. He's left Judah. He is going on to, to Galilee. Um, and evidently, Jesus might have had a GPS or something. Okay, no, he probably didn't have a GPS. Um, he didn't have a cell phone back then. But he took a shortcut. He took a shortcut. There was really two ways that he could have gotten there. He could have went the typical way for the Jewish, where they would go up uh, the um, Jordan River Valley, and it was, a, it was a, you know easy route. He could have went that way. But he decided that he was going to go through Samaria. Samaria would have been a rocky, a mountainous type of approach. And he went over the range there. It would have been a hard road. And it would have been a way that the Jewish people would not have traveled. Because the Jews tried to stay away from Samaria. They didn't want to even be associates of the Samaritans. Like Robert Frost once said, Jesus took the road less traveled. And Jesus does that a lot throughout the gospel story. He goes and does things that the world wouldn't have imagined him doing. He did things and touched people and talked to people and associated people that according to the world and even to the religious elite of that day, he shouldn't have been doing that. And I'm so grateful that the Lord does that because he came and he spoke to a a young man at 17 that didn't have it all together. I'm talking about myself. And he changed my life forever. Just like he changed Ralph's life. Just like he changed many of your lives. He comes and he associates himself with sinners. Because he came to seek and save that was lost. And I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. And I don't think anybody is perfect. And actually we talk about this a lot. In Bible study that there really many of the world says well he was a good person or she was a good person the reality is that there is no person on this earth that would be good there was only one person ever walked this earth that would have been considered good and he gave his life for you and he died on a cross for you because he loves you and so here we pick up in chapter 4 verse 7 A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give uh, him will never be thirsty again. The water that will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, "'Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here and to draw water.'" Jesus said to her, "'Go, call your husband.'" And come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have five husbands and the one that you are now uh, that you have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship that you you worship that you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I am the Messiah, is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. So here you are, you see that there's this, there's this, you know, the worldly standards and even this religious customs where they didn't associate with one another. See, Jews and Samaritans had a long-standing history that goes back even 500 years before this time where, you know, they would battle. You know, the, the Greeks uh, 300 years earlier had used Samaria t- as a base for their control of the Jewish territory. All right, and so there was a lot of hurt there. As Jewish people, they were concerned you know, about Samaritans and, and what the Samaritans would, would do to them. But then also you see this retaliation that goes back and forth throughout this history. This history that happens between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews go out to the, the temple in, uh, of the Samaritans and they destroy it. They destroy the temple. Then the retaliation happens, and the Samaritans respond, and they defile the Jewish temple. They they throw things that made it it unclean, and they wouldn't be able to celebrate in the temple during the Passover. And so there was this long-standing history of, of issues between the Jews and the Samaritans. And it goes back far, far back. Jews hated Samaritans. The reality is is that Samaritans really hated Jews because of that long-standing history. And so for Jesus to associate himself with a Samaritan was a big deal because he was going against the customs of his people. But he didn't see a Samaritan. He saw a woman. That was made in the image of God. Think about the titles of this world. What we divide. From nations. What we divide. In, in America. And put titles on. And separation. and Oh I don't associate for, with this person. Or this person. Because of whatever it may be. Maybe it's racism. Maybe it's sexism. You name it. It's because when we look at somebody, we don't look through the eyes of God. Jesus did that. He looked through the eyes of the Creator and looked deep within her and saw an image of God. For when we look at people, we should look not by the titles that they carry, not by what they look like or what they act like even. For we should see the image of God inside of them. So Jesus comes and he speaks to a Samaritan. He asks her for water. Like, how amazing is it that Jesus asked her for water? Like, this is Jesus the Savior, the Lord, who comes on the scene. He has all authority and power. He could have said, You demand, I demand that you give me water. But no. He empowers this woman. He goes and he gets on her level and says, give me some water. Of course, he is challenging her beliefs. Not only that, is she a Samaritan, but she's a woman. And according to that custom there, she shouldn't even have been associated with Jesus or even talking to Jesus. When she approached, Jesus should have went about 20 feet away because she was a woman. And it was actually rude to even have eye contact with a woman back then. But Jesus stood still. He sat on the well. And this isn't just a small well like we think of. This is a well that's huge. And it has a rock on top of it. And it has to be moved. And there's a little hole inside of this well. And they would take their little leather uh, bucket and they would lower it down. And see you see this dialogue between Jesus and this Samaritan woman. He's like, She's like, you don't even have something to draw with. Because when you're traveling they would fold this up and carry it with them for whenever they stop at a well they can lower it down and drink from it but he what he's asking from her he's talking to her a, a woman which was a no no in that culture but he's also saying i want to drink from yours like i want you to like allow me to drink from you like you're a samaritan he was a Jew, and he's saying, I'm willing to drink from your, your you know the well with you. Like, that was a huge cultural thing there that was going on. And the reason why is because Jesus doesn't let the world dictate what he's going to, how he's going to act. The labels of this world we can't let dictate how we are going to act. We have to turn to the Father in heaven and respond how He treats people. Jesus treats this lady with dignity. He associates with her. He talks to her. He doesn't talk down to her. He talks to her. Of course, internally, she is battling with this because she, too, is from that culture. She, too, has this Samaritan uh, mindset and a a whole belief system that she comes up with and she you know, is, is responding certain ways. And that's the reality, is this, is that the world can cage you. The world around you can cage you. Even religious culture can cage you. That's what happened to the Jews with the Pharisees. They were caged by the religious beliefs and legalism. That can happen, and it still happens today. And we talked about it last week some. But the world can also cage you. We're, we're Satan, and you know, there is, you know, Satan's real. He's, he's battling for our soul, and he can cage us and trick us into following and being defined by the sins that rule our lives. But Jesus comes on the scene, and he's there to set you free. And so this woman came to draw water, and he responds to give her dignity. And then he's, she's like going back and forth with him. he says, yeah, but I have water where you will never thirst no more. If you drink from it, you will never grow thirsty for eternity. And he's talking about salvation, that he is there to offer that goes beyond religious beliefs. <laughs> see, the world can cage you, but Jesus is there to set you free. And so you see in uh, in this word here that you see that she's going, and she she has this religious belief. And you know this is this is around Jesus a lot, where the Pharisee mindset's there as well. Are you greater than our father Jacob? She says. Well, we know. Yeah. He is. He is greater than, than Jacob. And Jesus could have just went off and said, How dare you for even mentioning Jacob? Because according to the way that the, the Samaritans were, they were kind of like, they would mention Jacob whenever it was beneficial to them. But then they would live a certain way. And so they were like kind of like half- children and how they respond see a a Jew of that day would have said what right have you to claim Jacob as your father we know that you are the descendants of Gentile tribes brought in to take our place when we were in captivity you have no right to claim Jacob as your ancestor but Jesus doesn't doesn't respond that way he responds with love so you see here, you see her, she's responding with religious uh, beliefs and religious terms and, and how she uh, handles things and, and worship and, and, you know, talking about her father Jacob. But see, for her, religion produces a product. And she's like, ooh, you say you can give me water where I don't ever have to come here again? I'm like, oh, Wow. Yeah, let me drink from that. Yeah, you're saying that, yeah, if I drink from that, I can I'll have prosperity forever? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. You mean that I'll have a, a bigger house, I'll have two car gar- in in my two car garage and you know, oh, I'll I'll be blessed forever? Like, think about that. I mean, Americans say those type things. But Samaritans did as well. She treated what Jesus was about to give her. Initially, as a product. See, we talked about this last week. People can easily become consumers in a church. But Jesus isn't wanting to give you a product. He is wanting to give you something that will produce a life change in you. And the water that he is about to give her will change her forever and ever. And the thing is, is that you sometimes come to Jesus like he's... Some government help that's going to keep you from having to pay too much taxes. (laughs) That's not Jesus that you're truly after. You're just after some type of consumer mentality. Jesus wants to change your life forever. And so he goes in verse 12 or verse uh, 16, he says, Go, call, and bring your husband. Bring your husband. You see, in this, this word here, he's, he's exposing her. He's revealing what truth that she is trying to hide. She's trying to uh, say different religious things and, and make it appeal like she's got it together, but she doesn't. And many of us tend to do that with our own lives as well. He says, go call and bring your husband she says i don't have any husbands you're right jesus says you have five husbands and the one you're with right now is currently your husband for many of us we think this woman is an adulterer and that might be true okay it might be true and actually she went there at noon women in that culture would not have went there at noon she would have went there in the early morning or in the evening and so it's been said that, yes, she might have been more of a scandalous woman. And Jesus was waiting on her. Because Jesus, once again, doesn't see titles. Doesn't see what the world defines them as. He sees people that are in the image of God. And he meets them where they are. Does she have it all together? No. But what I'd love to highlight here is is there's a Greek word that's used, and you see it here uh, in um, verse 15. Sir. See, we just typically skip over that. Don't think anything about it. See, sir would have been defined also as Lord. Lord. Later on, you see the use of husband. The same Greek word is there. Lord. Jesus is going even deeper than that title of an adulterer. He's going deeper. He's saying, you know what? Yeah. You don't have a Lord. You have many Lords. Many of us worship all kinds of things. We don't have just one Lord because we are Lord. Our Lord is money. Money. Or our Lord is ourself. Or our Lord is America. Or our Lord is our job. You name it. And Jesus is going deep inside and saying, you're right. You don't have one husband. You have five. You don't have one Lord. You have five. And so he is talking to her and she's like, wow, you have to be a prophet. And he's like, I'm more than a prophet. And he ends this saying, I who speak to you am he. And another way of the verb tense here in the Greek is saying, I am, I am. That was a term that was used at the burning bush where Moses talks to the Lord. I am, I am. And Jesus is saying, I am the great I am. I am here. And you go on through the Gospel of John, you see that Jesus is, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the vine. I am the true way. And so He is here. And He is addressing her as a woman, as a Samaritan, not being defined by the world standards. He is confronting her and her sin And He is calling her to worship Him. To come and make Him Lord of her life. To walk and experience salvation. And she did. She responded. And she wanted to to drink from that fountain that never goes dry. Many of you today might be searching. You might be thinking about all the titles that the world defines you as. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus is saying, come and be set free. Drink from this water that will give you eternal life where you will never thirst no more. And once you drink from that, you can't keep it to yourself. Because if you go and read on into the rest of her story, she went and shared her testimony to other Samaritans. And many Samaritans uh, heard what she was testifying about. And they had to go and see this Messiah, the Christ. And their lives were changed as well. And so, who are you this morning? Are you what the culture would define as a Samaritan? Are you uh, someone that the culture would define as being lost? Or even being religious? Living out these set of rules that will never save you? May you drink from the well that will never run dry. How do you drink? Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus and find Him. For He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So today may be your day. So we're going to end with this song and... Uh, talks about the love of Jesus. Listen to the words. The altar's going to be open uh, for prayer. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've heard how Jesus treated someone, a Samaritan, a woman who lived a life that um, the world probably didn't please of, but yet He loved her anyway. If you think in your mind that you the Lord is speaking to you and drawing you closer to him may you respond for salvation is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone for he is the living water that will never run dry for he is the way the truth and the life no one will come to the father except through him and so today if it is you that the Lord is speaking to, come.